Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 124 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from very snowy Sandusky, Ohio. Round four had some fantastic matchups. As you know, we had uh, four undefeated sides facing off against one another, leaving us with two sides with unblemished records. The Dockers currently sit atop the ladder, having played a fifth game, being the only club to have done so, and the Crows are right behind them with one less game played, but they have a percentage that is 25 points higher. So it, you know, stands to reason that uh, should they come level in terms of the number of games played, then the Crows might find themselves right back up at the top of the ladder. So I wanted to look at a, a few of the games from round four, and I know I'm getting to this uh, a day or so later than I typically would, but we've had uh, and are still having, uh, well, how can I describe it? A blizzard. That's going on right now outside the windows of my home here. I've been outside to shovel the sidewalks and the back patio three times already today, and I'll be going back out after I finish recording this. It's a great workout. So if you've never had the chance to shovel heavy, wet snow before, you don't know what you're missing. It is absolutely a fun, fun time. So, like I said, you know, we had a couple of clubs that played multiple games with the Bulldogs and the Dockers squaring off after a, I believe, a four and five day break, respectfully. And it was a costly game for the Dockers, and I'll get into that here in in just a moment. But let's look back at the games from the uh the round uh, of round four, and then we'll go into my tips for round five as well here. Now the Dockers, they open up the round, you know, doing what they typically do, playing stifling defense. And they, they really shut down, you know, a quality unbeaten Magpies side. You know, the Magpies, they didn't score after the second quarter. And, you know, Dockers captain Haley Miller, she paced him with two goals, and the Magpies, they only managed 10 inside 50s for the entire game compared to the Dockers' 41. So the Dockers did a fantastic job of keeping the Magpies away from the scoring zone, not preventing them from scoring, but just keeping them from even having a shot to do that. Now the Bulldogs finally got back on the ground after a uh, break since I believe round one, if I'm not mistaken, and it, it just did not go well. Now they had 12 scoring chances but they only kicked two goals, 10. And while the Giants were were paced by uh, one of their defenders, Nicola Barr, who got a chance to come up and play forward this round. And, you know, the defense still did a, a, a yeoman's effort or put forth a yeoman's effort, despite the fact that she moved up forward. And due to the different COVID restrictions that are going on with the Giants, in fact, the Giants are sidelined this week again due to COVID. She was pressed into the, the forward line and as she she managed to go ahead and pepper the goal with uh, her first three goals of her career. But what was even more interesting, and I and I watched this game. I believe I watched this one on delay. Uh, I don't think I saw this one live. But no, you know what? I think I probably did have to watch it live because we saw the interview afterwards, where she was being interviewed and uh, she innocently 
I'm going to use the term innocently because it wasn't used as an adjective, I don't believe, uh, dropped an F-bomb and quickly realized, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, so it was kind of kind of fun to see her pick up on the fact that she had uh, maybe said something she shouldn't have said, but she, she had a fantastic game. And uh, who knows, does this lead to her getting more time in the forward line? You know, there's uh, there was a series of TV commercials for an insurance company uh, many, many years ago here in the United States that they talked about it. You know, the, the tagline was, you know, so easy a caveman could do it. Kind of like luckier with Amy, that sort of thing. No, I'm not saying that that uh, that Ms. Barr is a caveman. That's not what I'm saying is at all. It, at all, but she's she did something that people maybe were not expecting her to do in that position to go up there and actually lead the club in scoring for the game. Now, both of these clubs were scheduled to play just a few days later, but the Bulldogs were the only ones that actually got back out on the ground. Uh, and as we'll talk about here in a moment, they they dropped a low scoring contest. The Dockers. Now, I think what we saw here was the first solid evidence that uh, doubling up on the games played by these clubs during the rounds might end up having a, a bit of a negative impact on the quality of the performances. Because, you know, despite the fact that the Bulldogs are 0-3 are and three right now, they're a quality side. They've got a very good club. They just have not had a lot of breaks going for them this year. And the Dockers have just gone out and, quite frankly, beat up people this year, figuratively, not literally. And uh, and they were, they seemed a step slower than normal as well. So, you know, if you remember back in 2020, there were instances where, you know, the men's comp were playing, in some cases, like every four days where they were condensing the rounds. We had footy every night of the week, which was, was kind of fun. If you're a footy fan, it was great to have footy every night to watch. But it was a, uh, you know, it was a situation where these were, you know, full-time professionals that are doing that. You know, the, the, the players here in this situation are professionals, but they're, you know, they're still working uh, full-time jobs besides that. Or in the case of Fremantle, they're sequestered away in a hub away from home where they're not able to work. So maybe that kind of worked to their advantage that they didn't have a place to go. But, you know, I I don't know how often they want to try to have this sort of thing happen. But like I said, they both look sluggish. sluggish. Um, you know, the, the big fallout from this, though, is that, uh, is that Fremantle is going to be without uh, Kira Bowers uh, for the next two rounds as she was suspended for her off-ball bump on Christy Lambert. Like I said, the, the Bulldogs have, are – our quality side, but they've been dealt a lousy set of, of luck or fortune at the start of this season. And I, you know, I think this might be too big of a hole for them to climb out of. And I'll come back and talk a little bit more about this game uh, here in a few moments, but I, I want to go ahead and jump into the, the next contest. And that was down at Norwood Oval, uh, Norwood Oval in the Adelaide area. And, the Crows ended up having 15 scoring chances during the game, and quite frankly, they, they kept the Ds away from scoring any majors until they added three in the final quarter. They, they kept a high-powered Melbourne offense off the scoreboard until they got three goals late, two of those from uh, Daisy Pierce. Now, this game was, I don't believe, as close as the score might indicate. You know, Aaron Phillips you know, demonstrated you know, why she is amongst the greatest to ever play this game. You know, knocking down three goals and I believe two behinds during the course of the game. Just uh, it's uh, 
was just a, a great performance on the part of the Crows, you know, facing off against another unbeaten side. You know, Annie Hatchard, Emily Marinoff, they combined uh, for 55 disposals between the two of them. And the Crows, like I would mentioned earlier, they positioned themselves to jump into the top spot over the next couple of, uh, couple of weeks once they get that game caught up, if you will, uh, when, you know, uh, Fremantle has you know, one, maybe one fewer game to play because they got, they got an extra one added in there. But Adelaide is a formidable side. And, uh, you know, I tip them to not make it to the grand final. And I'm thinking maybe I made, made a mistake there. Now the ruse, they thumped Carlton this past week and they, they slammed the door shut in the fourth, you know, scoring three goals, three, uh, you know, Daria Bannister, you know, she pounded two impressive goals from the pocket at both ends of the ground. And the Blues, they only, you know, took two marks inside 50 for the entire game. You know, so the North did a, the North, I, I sound like I'm quoting the Game of Thrones here. Uh, but the Ruse did a, a very admirable job, you know, keeping the ball out of uh, Darcy Vessio's uh, possession. They only managed one goal, one during the course of the game. And when you're keeping their leading goal scorer to that little bit of an output, it's going to bode well for your side. So the uh, the Ruse have begun to establish themselves as a real threat to play in the grand final. Hopefully, at least, well, to at least make at least make finals. I'm not going to. I guess I shouldn't be so presumptuous to say that they're going to be playing in the grand final, but to make finals. This is a very good side that has you know gotten somewhat healthy. And uh, we'll see where it goes from here. Then we headed up to Queensland for the Cats facing off against the defending premiers. And they had another one of those, what you might call a, a, a patented moral victory. You know, we saw a lot of good things. They just couldn't get over the finish line and get the win. It was a 27 to 25 contest. Again, you know, the, the Cats still struggling a little bit to score. But they held a very quality side to only 27 points, but that included nine behind. So I guess you could make the argument, had Brisbane kicked the ball just a little bit straighter, this might have been a wider margin here. But I'm going to look at the glass as being half full in this situation because the uh, the Cats, they haven't learned how to win yet, but I think even a, a, uh, a casual observer of the Cats who've watched them play this year would uh, would not hesitate to say that they have they may not have learned to win, but they have certainly learned how to compete. Remember, they only won one game last year, and they haven't won this year, but they have battled and have played some tough sides so far this year. You know, they've played uh, Brisbane, they played um, Collingwood, they played North Melbourne already this year, and 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 held them to respectable scores. You know, like I said, as a cat supporter, I, I'm buoyed by these continued close contests. And I think they're getting closer and closer to finally notching their first win. You know, we had the, uh, the newcomer, uh, Chloe Shear kicked three goals, uh, for the cats out of the four that they scored. Um, Talia Hickey, she, she dominated in the ruck for Brisbane. She had 34 hitouts. Dakota Davidson came back after I believe missing only one game. I think it was an ankle injury if I'm not mistaken. I think back in round one, she tweaked her ankle a little bit, and she knocked through a goal as well. Like I said, the Cats, they keep looking like a club that's getting ready to break through with their first win. Is that going to happen sooner rather than later? Well, we'll have to see about round five when we talk about that here 
in just a moment, though. But I, as a Cat supporter, again, I'd love to see him win. But I keep seeing good things happening for the side. And eventually it's going to click. And who knows? Maybe what we're seeing with the Gold Coast Suns, which we're going to talk about here in just a moment, begins to happen possibly next season with the Cats, that we see them start to climb up the ladder a little bit. So then the Suns, they knocked off the Richmond Tigers up at Metricon. And this was one of the more exciting games of the round. Uh, Gold Coast Sarah Perkins just, you know, boomed home a kick from almost 60 meters away. Now it, it hit inside the goal square and rolled about a dozen meters or so, but still she just absolutely pounded that kick. She also snagged five marks in the contest. Tara Bohanna played another terrific game. She had 16 disposals, two goals, three. She is becoming a star and just seems to be an extraordinarily humble player. Uh, they're talking to her post game. It's just, you know, it's a, uh, the Suns are a fun team to watch. And again, I'm not a Sun supporter, but this, this is a fun team to watch because they play well together and pretty good evidence to that. You know, the Suns, they had 13 players that had at least 11 disposals during the game. And Allison Drennan led the club with 27. Monconti had 21 with 10 tackles for the Tigers, but she was kept off the scoreboard. They, they tagged her in this game and really limited her ability to get forward and have any kind of real impact in, in the scoring. Uh, Katie Brennan did knock down two goals, two for the Tigers. Now, both of these sides are rapidly improving. This was, this was a great litmus test for both of them to see how they compared with a side that was in similar fashion to them that you know that that they have a skip similar skill set maybe they're kind of along the same spot in terms of the growth of the club you might even argue that that maybe richmond is a little bit ahead because they've got maybe a few more veteran players there than maybe some of the others than than the Suns have but like i said both of these uh, sides i think um are improving we may not see it happen this year but we, we might see a situation where one or two of these sides are ready to start competing for finals maybe next year. I doubt it's going to happen this year, although I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Gold Coast has pushed themselves up uh, into the number seven spot on the ladder, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Gold Coast is at number seven right now. Richmond is at number nine. Of course, Richmond, they're one and three, but they've got a percentage of 93.3. They've won one out of four games, but their percentage is almost even. So that tells you they've played a lot of very close contests. That's a great indicator that, that, that this club is is competing in every game that they have played. Now, the final game of the round was was the one I'd mentioned earlier. It was, uh, you know, because this was a slightly shorter round. Uh, both sides had just played a few days beforehand. The Bulldogs were playing their second game in about five days, uh, you know, not having played in almost three weeks. The, the, the Dockers, they looked sluggish. They didn't necessarily look like themselves. You know, they managed only three goals. Amy Franklin kicked the first two goals of, of – uh, of her career, Ebony Antonio you know, sealed the deal with a great running goal from the right side where she kind of kicked the ball across her body. Just, you know, a, a pretty terrific kick on her part. And you know, the fallout from this game, of course, though, if you haven't seen, is that Kara Bowers uh, was reported for rough contact, um, having run into uh, Christy Lambert during the course of the game. And she was handed down a two-game ban. And... Uh, as I was researching and writing down notes for this episode, I, I did notice that, that that ban has been upheld 
So Bowers is going to be missing the Dockers next two games, which include a trip to Hobart to face off against the Ruse, which is a huge game when you figure that both of these clubs have finals aspirations, have grand final aspirations, okay? And then she's also going to miss the club's scheduled return to uh, West Australia to face off against Carlton in about a week and a half. Now, I don't know if, if the state's going to be opening up up again for them to be able to do that. But as of this point in time, I believe that's to be the case. Of course, she's going to be eligible to come back and play when uh, Fremantle heads to GMBHA Stadium to play the Cats. And I'm sure she's going to be in an absolutely chipper mood uh, facing off against the Cats in, in three games. Suffice to say, I don't think I would want to trade places with one of the Cats midfielders right now because she might end up having 25 tackles that game just to, you know, get her cumulative total back to a respective spot for, for her there. So, yeah, we're going to be without Kira Bowers, which means she's no longer eligible for the uh, you know, player of the year competition for the comp uh, due to this suspension. So that opens up the avenue for, you know, any number of different people that could possibly seek out that position and get that, okay? So let's take a look at the games in round five, and we have one coming up here in about 12 hours from when I'm recording this, and that is Geelong hosting the West Coast Eagles. And uh, the Eagles are coming into Geelong. Now, the men's club played in Geelong last year twice. They came in and played the Cats. It did not go well. Uh, they ended up playing Sydney there as well. It did not go well again. Uh, this is not going to be that type of a game. This is not going to be an 80 or 90 point win for either side. Uh, we probably won't see 80 or 90 points scored cumulatively, cumulatively between the two sides either. But what I do think is going to happen, though, I've not tipped the Cats to win a game this year, if I remember correctly. You know, I've not been the homer that says, oh, my club's going to beat anybody. Because because I'm not... I. I don't think they're quite ready for that yet. Okay. You know, they, they played Brisbane. They played North Melbourne. They played Collingwood. All teams that are in the top six. All teams that are in the top four right now, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think this week they find a way to get across the finish line and actually get themselves their first win. So I've got the Cats winning this one by eight points. Now, West Coast, you know, they may find themselves looking ahead a little bit here or realizing the inevitability of what their week is like, because as soon as they get done playing the Cats, they have to transition and get themselves ready to play St. Kilda in, I believe, four days. So they have an extraordinarily short turnaround with West Coast between when they're playing the Cats and when they're going to have to be playing the Saints. Now we've got another, you know, I believe top four matchup here. I think Collingwood is still in the four. Uh, I'm sorry, they're in the fifth position there. I stand corrected. But we've got Brisbane and Collingwood facing off against one another. And this game is going to be played up in Queensland. And uh, looking at the reports of the training sessions going on for the men's club there, it has been extraordinarily warm up in the Brisbane area. And I don't think that's probably going to change for this game. I think that, you know, the Lions have had a little bit more experience training in this type of, of weather in terms of the heat, the humidity, that sort of thing. I think this is going to be a great matchup, but I think Brisbane in this situation is going to be too strong of a side, so I'm going to go with Brisbane to win this one by 10 points. Then we move on to Gold Coast and Melbourne, and Gold Coast is heading down to Victoria to play this one. They've got to be sky high. They've won uh, two in a row. You know That's a club that went winless last year. Now, unfortunately, they're going to be facing a very frustrated D side that, that 
no other way to say it. They got handcuffed by Adelaide. They did not play a great game against Adelaide, or I should say Adelaide played a great game against them. It's not necessarily anything that Melbourne did wrong. It's just stuff that, that Adelaide did well. So they're going to come in, I think, with a bit of a chip on their shoulder. And you've got a club that's coming in with a great deal of confidence now beginning to think, you know what, maybe we can beat anybody. They've knocked off GWS. They've knocked off Richmond. I don't think it happens this time, though. Okay? I think that the D's right the ship and that the D's are going to come out on top of this one. It's going to be a close contest, but I've got Melbourne winning this one by nine. Now we move on to the Bulldogs and the Tigers. And I don't know about you, but I, uh, of course, you know, the Cats surely could use a win. But I don't know if there's a club out there in the 14 that need a win more than the Bulldogs do. Like I said, they've, they've been dealt a lousy hand. They've had a, uh, you know, bad luck, you know, bad breaks with, you know, Izzy Huntington going down in the first game, losing, uh, you know, a couple weeks to uh, COVID restrictions, finally getting back on the ground and having to play two games in the span of a very short period of time and dropping both of those. That being said, that being said, though, I, you know, I, this is a club that many people had tipped to possibly play finals. Now, I don't think that's likely to be the case this year unless they start, you know, stacking up some wins. Now, I think this is going to be another close contest, but I think the Bulldogs do find a way to get this one done. So I'm going to go with the Bulldogs to win this one by seven. And then we move on to the Carlton and Adelaide game. The Crows hit the road and head over to Icon Park. Carlton's dropped three out of their last four. Unfortunately for the Blues supporters, that streak is going to continue. The Crows are just too complete a side right now. I, I think that they're, you know, what you saw them do this past week against Melbourne, I think we're going to see... A, a repeat performance. I, you know, I think you know, that uh, they're going to do their very best to keep Darcy Vessio off the scoreboard and uh, you know, to try to control um, the whole Carlton side to keep them from you know, being able to, to put points on the board. So I'm going to go with the Crows winning this one by a little over two goals. I've got the Crows winning this one by 13 points. And we've got two more games this round. One of them is going to be a repeat performance. But we first of all have North Melbourne and Fremantle. And they're playing in Hobart this weekend. And the Dockers are going to be without their tackling machine, uh, Kara Bowers, as I'd mentioned. Uh, this is going to be a great matchup nonetheless. you know, Because I think that, this, you know, that Fremantle is still a very formidable side. Because the, the style of play that they, that they play is not something that's limited only to number two. I think you know everybody on this side is is on board with what the club is doing, and they're 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 all sitting in their boat rowing in the same direction, and they've got you know the they've got one rower who has had to step out for a couple of games. Somebody's going to step in and fill that role. Now they may not have the tackling prowess or the instincts that 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 uh, Kira Bowers has, but I think that the club might make up for that. Is it going to be enough? I don't know. I. Uh, I think this is going to be a game that North Melbourne ends up winning by about seven points. Now, this this situation with the Dockers, who have had to leave the Perth area to come to Victoria for at least a month, are now having to travel outside of Victoria. They're, it's not like they're heading down the road to go play at Geelong right now. I believe they'll be doing that in a couple of, yeah, three weeks anyway. But they're now heading to uh, Tasmania. And it reminded me of 
an old uh, bit that one of my favorite uh, comedians did, and this gentleman passed away a number of years ago. If you grew up watching Thomas the Tank Engine or Shining Time Station, you might remember the uh, one of the gentlemen that, that played the conductor on the show. On the TV show, he played the conductor, but then he was also the narrator on the videos. Of course, you had Ringo Starr and Alec Baldwin, but you also had a gentleman by the name of George Carlin. Now, George Carlin was was great in uh, in being this character on this children's show, but George Carlin was also, if you don't know, was one of the most highly respected, one of the most inventive and ingenious stand-up comics in the history of the United States. Just an absolutely brilliant man when it come when it comes to spinning a word. Uh, his mastery of the language was was amazing, and he did a bit uh, on an album back in the, gosh, it had to be the early '90s, and there was a piece that that he did called "A Place for My Stuff," talking about your home and how you have all your stuff there, and how and then he talked about how that this kind of progressed outward if you went on vacation, that sort of thing. And what Fremantle is doing right now by now having to travel from West Australia to Melbourne and now to, to Hobart reminded me of this bit. And it's about a five-minute piece, and I am going to put a link to it in the show notes. So if you've never heard George Carlin before, other than maybe on uh, Thomas the Tank Engine, you might appreciate this. There, there is some, you know, some swear, swearing in it, but it is pretty funny. And see if you see if you get the same correlation that I got with regards to what the Dockers are having to go through here. But again, I'm going to go with the Ruse winning this one by, I think I said seven points. Yeah, we're going to go with seven points on this one. And then we've got the last game of the round, and this is where West Coast gets to come back out in just a few days. And they're going to be facing off against a St. Kilda side who has had a lot of rest. Now we'll see how good that rest has been for them because you had, you know, the COVID restrictions going on there. Uh, you know, they've scuffled this year. They are down at the bottom of the ladder, but I am going to go with the saints in this game simply because of the fatigue factor here. So I have the saints winning this one by 10 points. And, uh, I think they get their first win here. And they push the Eagles down to the bottom of the ladder, uh, especially if the Eagles don't end up beating Geelong here. So those are my tips for the week. And, of course, uh, GWS and St. Kilda were also supposed, to, also supposed to be playing, but that game has been pushed back. Uh, it has not been given a rescheduled date as of yet, but it is, uh, it's one they're hoping to get uh, back on the schedule here as soon as possible. So those are my tips for this week. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm... Uh, I'm in the midst of doing my interviews with uh, sub, uh, club supporters about their club heading into 2022. And I'm trying to do interviews with at least a couple supporters for each club. And I've lined up uh, a couple supporters for many of the clubs, still one uh, with most of the clubs at this point in time. And I've conducted three or four of those interviews already. But if you are a supporter of the Ruse or the Swans or the Eagles or the Tigers, the Lions or the Suns, I've yet to line up anybody from your club to come on and talk about your club's 2022 season for the men's comp. And I'd love to get something set up for you. So if you're interested in doing that, I hope you'll head over to my website, ayankedonthefooty.com. And up at the top of the page, there's a button there that says register as a guest. And that's a spot where you can sign up and let me know which club you support, your contact information, so I can reach out to you and uh, get something set up to you to talk to you about your club. 
Now, again, I am 16 hours behind Melbourne at the moment. The time change that's going to be coming up uh, here shortly will knock it down to 15. But I'm right now I'm 16 hours behind uh, behind Melbourne. And uh, weekends tend to work really well for me or evenings my time during the week because I'm a school teacher. So if you have a morning uh, during the week or sometime uh, during a weekend, whether it's morning or evening for you, would love to set something up to chat with you about your club and what you see uh, going on with them. Now, one of the other things that I've, I have done with this is also ask a few trivia questions about your club. And, and I've, I'm not looking at like really obscure trivia questions or anything of that nature. I'm not trying to trip you up or make you, you know, make you, you know, doubt your support for your club. I'm not doing that at all. It's just some, some fun, some fun things, some stuff from 2021. Uh, you know, I asked, uh, I asked a Port Adelaide supporter, you know, who their who their club got their first uh, AFL win against, that type of thing. So, if you're interested in doing that sort of thing, yeah, it'd be great if you would um, head over to my website and uh, go ahead and and check that out. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I uh, I hope that you, like I said, you'll check out my website at yankonthefooty.com. Remember, you can get signed up on the the mailing list there. You can leave me a voicemail if you want to be a guest of the podcast there as well. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at yank underscore on or on Instagram or Facebook at a yank on the footy. You can reach me by email at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. I do hope to hear from you. Uh, if you want to help out the podcast, you can head over to the buy me a coffee page. It's the little yellow button in the bottom left hand corner of my website. Or up at the top is my store page on Redbubble. Uh, I actually had one of my students buy us, you know, I, and I, I knew somebody purchased one of the stickers from the podcast, and uh, I didn't have a, I don't have a clue who purchased it until one day I'm sitting in my classroom, and I'm looking at the back of one of my students' uh, computers, the computer he's using in my room, and it's got a big six inch by six inch sticker on the back of the. Uh, to computer, so he actually purchased one of those stickers. So it's kind of cool that he did that for me. So again, if you want to help out the podcast, you can do that. If you like the show, yeah, I do hope that you'll consider sharing a link to the show with your friends and family. Tell them about it. You know, you head out to the pub, or you're you're at a game watching it. You know, just drop a mention. That that's it would be a huge help. You know, I'm not. Uh, if you want to, you know, fill out a, a review for the podcast, you can do that on my website. You don't have to do that. I'd be great if you did, but word of mouth is going to, is what's going to help to get the, uh, the show out in front of the ears of more people. So if, if you like the show, I do hope you'll consider sharing it with your friends and family. I, uh, I can't thank you enough for reaching out and, uh, those of you who have and shown your support and said thanks and that sort of thing, I, I truly appreciate it. It's been it's been absolutely enjoyable, and every interview, every discussion that I have had has been an absolute joy as well. I've learned so much from people who provide um, their understanding, their knowledge of the game by sharing their time with me, which then in turn I share with you. It, it's absolutely a treat to be able to do that. Remember, if you get signed up on the email list, you know, when I start doing live episodes, uh, especially during the men's season uh, coming up here in March, I'll usually do a weekly recap show talking about the big news events, that type of thing. It's an opportunity for you as a guest to come on the show and share your thoughts as well. So if you want to get on that mailing list, that gets sent out to you directly saying, hey, there's going to be a live episode coming up. 
at such and such a time. So if you want to get on there, go ahead and do that. That'd be fantastic if you would. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. This is a game that we all love, and uh, you've shared your, your game with me. You've shared your love of the game with me, and I can't thank you enough for that. I do, like I said, hope you'll consider sharing the podcast, You know, putting a link on your social media, telling your friends about it, asking them to check it, check it out. It will be greatly, greatly appreciated. And again, thanks for the kind words, folks. I love hearing your thoughts. I thank you for, you know, telling me that you like my passion for the game. It's, I'm humbled by, by your statements. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never hit the post. And until next time, I will catch you later. This has been episode 124 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or to yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget to check out the website, ayankonthefooty.com. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening and share a link out there. And until next time, everyone, goodbye. <laughs>